Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You and I, we're smart to hand it over to Jesus. Just hand it over to him. Hand it over to him. Put it in his hands. Whatever it is, just give it to him. Let him bless it. Let him break it. Let him distribute it. What's kind of cool about that is when you do that, you oftentimes get to participate in the blessing of that. That's what it's like in this story. He broke the loaves, broke the fish. He gave them to the disciples to set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all. Five loaves, two fish, anywhere from 10 to 15,000 people. Is there anything in your life that's been gnawing at you and you don't know how to get over that hump? Are there things that you know you want to change in your life, but you don't know who can help? Well, today, Pastor James wants you to know that if you want to rid yourself of the burdens that are holding you back, simply give it all to God. When the crowd was hungry and the disciples felt stuck, they put all of their trust in His hands, and He delivered in a mighty way. God wants to deliver you too, so let Him take the controls. Now, here's Pastor James in the book of Mark, chapter 6, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. I need food, I need meat, I need milk. That's what we want. The shepherds, we're not doing that. And that's why when Jesus shows up and he goes around and he starts like actually shepherding people and he teaches them the word, they're coming from all over to get to that guy. Why? Because man, that guy loves us. Because he actually gives us what we need. He gives us what we need. So this crowd is gathering, and I love this because it says Jesus had great compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd. And here's what he does for them. He began to teach them many things. So they all show up, and he's like, what does this crowd need the most? They need the word of God. They need the word of God. I think sometimes, especially nowadays, we would look at this as like, and we would assess their needs by like, well, okay, they're kind of poor, so maybe they need some clothes. Maybe they need food. What they need above anything First and foremost is the word. They need the word. Will they need a meal? Yes, they will need a meal, and they will get provided a meal. That happens. But first, priority-wise, people need the word of God. They need the word of God. And I know there's a lot of hungry people out there that need food, practical, physical food. I get it. I know that. But what difference does it make if, if they die with a full belly and they don't know Jesus? What good have you done? What good have we done? What good, have, what good have we done as a Christian organization or as a church, and I'm speaking capital C, church globally, if people are dying fully clothed, but yet they wake up in hell? What good have we done? Do they need the clothes? Yes. Will they get the clothes? Yes. But are we giving them Jesus? Are we giving them Jesus? Well, if we start doing that, then they don't show up. They need the Lord. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. And Jesus himself shows up, and he's like, oh, sweet. There's thousands of you guys. Okay, cool. Here's what you need first and foremost. I'm going to teach you the Bible. I'm going to teach you the Word. And he teaches for a long time, for a long time. Now, I know this is where any other pastor, myself included, would be like, see, 
you complain about me teaching too long, not that you ever do, but then you come back and be like, well, you're not Jesus. And I'd be like, okay, I agree. I'll give you that one. He teaches all day long, all day long. It says, uh, he began to teach him many things. Verse 35, when it grew late. So when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away. Well, that, what, that sounds like a, like a command. That sounds like, wait, you, so the disciples are sitting around, envision, put, to put this in your brain, as Jesus is giving a Bible study to probably 15,000 people, because it's 5,000 dudes, that's not counting the women and the children. Jesus is giving an epic Bible preaching, whatever you want to call it. Disciples are sitting there, arms crossed, like, dude, come on, man. Like, wrap it up, man. Land the plane, Jesus. Land the plane. You're on point number what? Like, come on, man. Like, I'm tired. I'm tired. It's, I'm hungry. Wrap it up. The disciples come to him like, Jesus, I don't know if you notice. Sun's going down. There's no in and out around here. I'm using that one because I like that one. Um, there's no food places around here. You need to get rid of these people. You need to send them away. Send them away is what they tell them. To go into the surrounding countryside, the villages, to go buy themselves something to eat. Like, Jesus, it's late. They're probably hungry. We're hungry. We're ready to eat. They're probably ready. You need to get rid of them. Send them away. Let them go find their own food. And Jesus is like, hey, apostles. Hey, commissioned ones. Hey, ones who I promoted into the ministry, giving you power over sickness and diseases and demons. Hey, you guys, it's your problem. Your problem. You see a need. How about you meet the need? How about you meet the need? This, this is sometimes very problematic. I don't know if you've ever come across this, but sometimes people are really good at identifying needs, but offering no solutions or not even wanting to show up to be a part of the solution. Hey, here's what you need to do. Okay. So when it comes time to do that, are you here? Are you here? Are you here with us to pray about that? We get that so much. Being in church, you get that out so much. Everything you're doing wrong, oftentimes, right? Like, okay, I get it. I get it. That's fine. Um, here's what you need to be doing. Okay, that's cool. This is what I learned from one of my heroes, Britt Merrick, who is not dead. Um, so there you go. I have some alive ones. Um, he told me this when I, when I went to go spend some time with him in California and just to glean from him, to pick his brain. He says, we always have people showing up with all sorts of ideas, promoting their own agendas and all that good stuff. He's like, here's the door that you establish. Cool. We'll pray about that. And here's when we pray. He says, they'll never show up to that prayer meeting. They have all the ideas, but they'll never show up to pray for those things. Rarely will they show up to pray for those things. He's like, and then that's how you know, don't do that thing. Don't do it. If they want to show up, if they're that serious about it, let them show up. Let them pray with you about it. And then if that's their role, then you empower them and you set them free to do it. These guys show up and they're like, Jesus, people are hungry. You need to get rid of them. Jesus is like, no, you go find them food. He, I mean, he turns it right back around onto them. He answered them, verse 37, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, they, they retort back. Because you can just imagine that they're like, wait, what? 
Have you, do you see how many people there are here? They said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread, which is almost, almost a year's worth of salary, basically, to spend on bread. They're like, we're supposed to, should we go? This wouldn't even be enough money. This wouldn't even buy enough food to feed all these people. You, you want us to, I mean, Jesus, come on, let's be serious. None of us have that. Remember, you even told us, you just sent us out. We, don't, we didn't even bring money. The Lord's like, yeah, right. I'm trying to get you to see this thing, the potential of this story. You see problems. I see potential. They're adding, they're doing the math before, and they're already giving up. It's too much. We can't do it. It's too much. What we really need to do is just determine what God's will is in the story and then trust him to accomplish that. And that's what Jesus is trying to center their focus on. Like, you see the problem. You see thousands of people, and you see limited resources and no bread, no fish, or whatever. But what I see is an opportunity for God to work. And this is how we as believers should always be. We approach things, and we see it as a problem, and then we give up. Then we give up. But really, it might be the Lord just trying to get our focus and say, like, look, it is impossible for you, but it is absolutely possible for me. So why don't you just put it into my hands? This story is so cool because we went through this a long time ago when we went through the Gospel of John. Same story, Feeding of the 5,000, where, you know, and Jesus, Jesus even asked these guys, like, he's like, hey, so, you know, if we're going to buy food, where, where would we buy food from? And they're like, there's nowhere around to buy food. Andrew goes and finds the little boy who brought his Lunchable that day, right? He's got, he's got the bread and loaves. That's where the food came from was the little boy. And we know that from, from the Gospel of John. So Andrew goes out because Andrew's always going out to seek and to find people. He, he found Peter, his brother, and he brought him to Jesus. He, he went out and you know, got a hold of some Greeks, and he brought them to Jesus. And he, he found some of his other friends, and he brought them to Jesus. And now he finds one little boy who has the meal with him or something, and he brings this little kid to Jesus. He says, this kid's got food, Jesus, but what is that? What is that for so many? And I, I, I love that because, you know, even just the idea of, like, that little kid who's like, I willingly give all I have to Jesus. It's not much, but I'm pretty sure he can do some pretty radical things with what little I have. This is the lunch my mom packed me for today, but I'm going to hand it over to Jesus. And you know what happened for that little boy? He walked away fully satisfied. He gave up his lunch only for the Lord to break it apart and give it back to him. And he was never more full in his life. And he walked away with a very important lesson that he can absolutely trust Jesus with what he has. And not only will it benefit him, but it will benefit thousands of other people just because of a sacrifice made by a little kid, made by a little kid. There may have been other Lunchables there, but I bet the people weren't willing to give them up. And here's this little boy that Andrew finds, and then, okay, so we have food. Now we have food. We have limited resources. Well, what do I do with those limited resources? Put them in the Lord's hand because his hands work miracles. Put put it in his hands. Man, what do you have going on right now in your life? You just need to put it in his hands. What do you have to offer the Lord today? Just put it in his hands. 
it may not seem like much, but it's not about, it's not the quantity. It's the quality of, 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 of the giving of it that matters. Just give him what you have and watch him do amazing things with it. And that could be financial stuff. That could be, I mean, you name it. It's just trust in the Lord. Now, we're not going to go prosperity stuff because, I mean, I can see this as a key text for some prosperity guy to be like, look, see, give it and the Lord can divide it and all this. this. No, because that's not what giving's about. That's not what giving is about. Giving is not like we give so that we can get. That's not what it's about. We give because he deserves everything we have. And I trust the Lord with my finances. And I give. Why? Because I want to see him do something radical with it. That's why. That's, that's why. It's all his anyways. So this little boy shows up. Here's my food. Gives it to Jesus. Mark doesn't include those details, but John's gospel goes into it. This story is actually in all four gospels. And that means it's a very important story. And maybe this week, this is a story that you revisit throughout the rest of this week. Read Matthew's account. Read Luke's account. Read John's account. It's a good story for us to remember, okay? So, you know, the reasoning among themselves, like, how can, there's no way we can afford to buy any of this food, you know, the food for all these people. Verse 38, Jesus says to them, how many loaves do you have? So within that, that moment, Andrew goes out, finds the kid, and brings back the food. And Jesus asks him, how, much, how many loaves do you have? How much food do we have? And, and that's where Jesus is like, go and see. So they went and saw. One came back with food, okay? So maybe that's just how it goes sometimes, right? You got 12, one comes back. I got this kid's lunch. It says, when they found out, they said, five, five loaves and two fish. Verse 39, then he commanded them all to sit down. This is the people now he's addressing. All to sit down in groups. And here, here it is again with, with Mark. Not on grass, on green grass. Green grass. And that should maybe trigger a, a, a memory in your head of Psalm 23 again. Here's the good shepherd. Here are the sheep. And, and he's going to have them sit down on green grass. Green grass. And so he, he has them sit in these, this kind of weird configuration of hundreds and fifties. And what may be going on in, in the people's mind is like, is he like organizing us for like some sort of like military thing? Because that's kind of how he's dividing them out. So that could have been something happening in their minds where it's like, if he's the Messiah, he's come back to kick Rome out. He's going to use us. And so he's now positioning us in ranks. No, he's just going to feed you. He's going to feed you. He is the Messiah. Yes, he is. You're right. But he didn't come this time for that. He'll be coming back for that. But this time, he's just really smart, and he's organizing you in such a way where it's going to be easy for his 12 apostles to become 12 servants and dish out this food. If you've ever served in a restaurant... You've never had a tabletop like this, like 5,000 plus people, right? You're like, man, this tip better be good. Um, is that factored into their bill, Lord? No, the meal's free. There's no tip, no tip at all. It, it's in heaven. Just, so just don't lose your head, right? Like, it's in heaven. So they sit down in these groups, verse 41, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. Here is probably where, you know, a lot of time, you know, praying before you eat, right? This might be one of those places 
found in the Bible where you're like, yeah, okay, this is why we pray before we eat. Maybe. Or maybe you're just like got a big family and you're like, oh, Lord, I don't know. You're going to have to multiply this, right? Like, I don't know. Um, you should always pray before you eat because that's just a, an act of gratitude, thanking the Lord Jesus for whatever it is that might be before you. Maybe it's a, a prayer of like an outcry to God of like, oh, Lord, I don't know what this is going to do to me. So I'm calling, I'm crying out to you right now. He lifts it up. He, he takes what was put into his hands and he just, he blesses it. He blesses it. Had the disciples tried to distribute the loaves and the fish, it wouldn't have made it too far. But they were smart to hand it over to Jesus. You and I were smart to hand it over to Jesus. Just hand it over to him. Hand it over to him. Put it in his hands. Whatever it is, just give it to him. Let him bless it. Let him break it. Let him distribute it. What's kind of cool about that is when you do that, you oftentimes get to participate in the blessing of that. That's what it's like in this story. He broke the loaves, broke the fish. He gave them to the disciples to set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all. Five loaves, two fish, anywhere from 10 to 15,000 people. And he just keeps breaking off pieces, breaking off pieces. There goes the five loaves, now time for the fish. He's just breaking off pieces. 15,000 times over, breaking, breaking bread, breaking fish. Here you go. Here you go. Next, next, next. I mean, he's just dishing it out like, and they just, the baskets are filling up and they just don't stop. They don't stop until it's time to stop. Disciples are passing out the food. They're dishing out all the food to all these people that they saw as problems, but Jesus saw as potential. And he is a good shepherd and he's taking care of these sheep. And the disciples are like, there has to be some sort of conflict in their minds as they're seeing the most incredible thing ever to happen in their presence. And yet they were just grumbling and complaining moments before they witnessed this tremendous miracle. Get rid of these people, Jesus. Send them away. He's like, no, no, I need you to hold that basket. Hold the basket. Yeah, because here you go. And he's like going. Like he's just filling it up, multiplying these things. It says they dished them out. They distributed them all. In verse 42, a simple but very profound sentence. And they all ate and were satisfied. All. All meaning all. I'm not a Greek expert. I barely know any Greek words. Okay? But I know that all means all in the Greek. Okay? And I know that's not impressive. But that's the extent of what I got. Okay? So all means everybody who was there. All includes, could include the disciples as well. It says they were satisfied. Now that term there, satisfied, means that they were stuffed. Stuffed. Fully. They had all that they needed. All that they needed. And that food would supply them all the energy that they would need to go from that place to go back home. Because Jesus now knows your tummies are full. Your bodies are processing that food. It's creating energy within your body. And so now I know you'll be able to go from here back to your home safely. You have what you need. Jesus gave them what they needed. And that's not the end of the story because there's a bunch of leftovers. There's a bunch of leftovers. It would have been cool if Jesus just fed like, okay, down to the last person, bread, fish, boom, clean. Hey, we used up all the fish and all the bread. But there's so much that they had to go collect leftovers. Verse 43, they took up the 12 basket full of broken pieces of the bread and the fish. So here's the apostles. 
the sent ones who went out and did great things for the Lord, were used tremendously, healing and miracles and all that stuff. And now the Lord's like, hey, see those baskets? Apostles, I'm going to send you on another mission trip. Go clean up. <laughs> Go pick up the scraps. Oh, you can imagine maybe their hearts sinking a little bit of like, okay, maybe, maybe it did go to our heads. Maybe it did go to our heads. Maybe we forgot what this is really about. It really is about going and representing Jesus and preaching his word and, and, and serving people. That really is what it's about. But don't let it go to your head, especially when, especially when people start patting you on the back and telling you how great you maybe are. Don't let it go to your head, because then pretty soon you'll be telling Jesus what he needs to do. And we've mixed it up. We're the servants. He's the king. He tells us what to do. And we do what he says. No ifs, ands, or buts. He tells us what to do, and we obey. And when we need to, we go pick up the basket. We get the baskets, and we go pick up the leftovers. And that's, they took up 12, bas- 12 baskets, a basket for each disciple, a basket for each one of them. And it's going to be full to the brim of bread and fish. That's a good little reminder for these guys. Do you know who you're with? Do you know who you're following? You remember, I'm the guy who calmed the storm. I'm that guy. I'm the guy who raised the little girl from the dead. I'm the guy who healed, who's healed so many people. I'm the guy who's been casting out demons. You remember who you're following, right? And remember that you are following me, not leading me. There's your basket. There's your reminder. Don't let it go to your head. They pick it all up. Verse 44, those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. That gives us the indication. So it's not counting the women. It's not counting the children. So a, a, you know, a very conservative estimate would be around ten to 12,000 people. It's those disciples, more than likely, had to hop into a boat with baskets full of bread and fishes. <laughs> and they're sitting there with like, what are, now what are we going to do with all this food? Like, this is like, there was no food. Now we have too much. Like, and then there's a whole other story, another good lesson that needs to be learned from these apostles, but also from us. So to wrap it all up, guys, we need to trust him. We got to trust. Just trust Jesus. Whatever is going on in your life, whatever that scenario is, whatever that situation may be or the needs and all that good stuff, my, my encouragement to you is to just to take what you have and just to place it in his hands. Just give it to him. Give it to him. And then the miracles happen in his hands. And I don't know what that means for you or how he can divide and multiply. I don't know what that means for your scenario. But I know that those are the best hands to put it in just to put it in his hands. And whatever he chooses to do with it, we just have to trust him that he knows best. He knows best. And who knows, he may take that thing and and do crazy, crazy things with that, and he'll bring you along within the story and says, okay, now you're going to help me distribute this. We just got to trust him. He knows what's best. He's the good shepherd. He loves us. He absolutely loves us. He cares for you. Unlike anybody else, he wants you to to sit in that cool green grass so that he can feed you and he can nourish your soul. He's so good about that, guys. So good.
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the Gospel of Mark. This book is fast-paced. You'll notice as you keep studying with us that Jesus was on the move quite a lot. He did what needed to be done, and then he moved on to the next thing. Jesus packed a lot of service into his time here on earth, culminating in the greatest act of sacrifice ever, dying on the cross for everybody. If Jesus was consistently moving and serving, shouldn't we also be doing the same? Our faith doesn't say that we should just sit back and let others do the work. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus right here, right now. So go and do whatever it is that the Lord has gifted you with. Go share the good news of the gospel and then demonstrate it by how you love and serve people. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston and we would love to meet you. Visit breadforthebroken.com for more information. Would you like to do something for us? Would you pray for your fellow listeners? Pray that God would open their hearts and minds to His truth. Please pray for us too, that we would continue to follow Jesus' leading no matter where it takes us. If you feel like God is leading you to partner with us financially, all donations are greatly appreciated, no matter what the size is. You can give securely online at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks again for coming alongside us in sharing the gospel message. That's all that we have for today. Join Pastor James next time for more here on Bread for the Broken. Let me... Of you, man.